0: Welcome to another episode of the Brighter Web Podcast. Insights on growing a small business using the latest technology and marketing best practices. I am Robert Carnes and I'm one of your hosts, joined by my co-host, Mickey Mellon. Hey, good morning, Robert. Good morning, Mickey. I'm excited to talk about today's topic for the podcast, email marketing. Yeah, You're digging into the legality of some of
1: that and that's a... Tricky subject, because legality of email marketing is much deeper than I thought. I thought it was pretty clear on what's going on, but as we dug into this, there's uh, a lot more to it than I really thought. So yes. why should someone even care about the legalities of email marketing?
0: Well, there's there's three basic reasons that I've broken it down to, uh, to different levels of, of why we should care, beginning with just legality, uh, of not getting sued, because there are laws in place that we're going to mm-hmm. dig into pretty exclusively in this episode. And so you obviously just want to avoid those things because there are pretty heavy penalties and fines that you might pay if you've run afoul of the law in this case. The second is deliverability, actually getting your emails to the people you're trying to get them to. And beyond just, again, following the law, email inboxes are really good at weeding out all the spam, all the emails that you don't want to get as a user. (laughs) And so if you're, you can get around the law, but you may not get around the email inbox and actually deliver it to people if you are doing more spammy things. So obviously you wanna care about people receiving your emails. And then the third thing is just actually delivering a good user experience to people, right? If you want your brand and your business to come across in a good way, you wanna deliver emails that actually provide value to your audience. So, uh, not doing spammy things is the bare minimum for that. So, legality, deliverability, and then good user experience are the three reasons that I would say you should care about this episode of the podcast. Yep.
1: And that's where this gets interesting because I never really thought of legality and deliverab- deliverability as two different things, but it really is. There's frankly a lot more spam that you're allowed to send than I really thought <laughs> thought was legal. It's true. And we'll get into that with the CAN-SPAM Act, which I always thought it was a, a weird name for it cause it makes it sound like, hey, you can span things, but it's more about canning it and making it stop, but... Tell me what what is CAN-SPAM and what is that? How does that apply to us?
0: Yes, yeah. So we're going to spend a little bit of time because that is basically the law of the land here in the United States when it comes to regulating spam emails. So that it's an acronym or it's actually a backronym yeah. uh, which is something they wanted to come up with those letters. It's not a right. coincidence that they had CAN-SPAM. So they they basically contrived an acronym that built into those letters. So it's it stands for the controlling of Assault of Non-Solicited Pornography and Marketing Act of 2003. So obviously it's a lot easier just to say can spam. And and fair warning, there are several other acronyms uh, in this episode, but it's usually stuff that you've heard of. I think most people who are in the email marketing field have heard of this law before, but we're going to obviously spend some time actually going through what what some of the parameters of it? What what you're allowed to do and not allowed to right. do?
1: Right. So let, let's hit that then. So talk walk me through the law a little bit. Look, what
0: does it stop us from doing? and What does it still allow? So so I've got seven quick bullet points. It's obviously it's a legal document of the United States, so it's it's going to be a lot longer than this. Um, but it boils down to these these seven things roughly, uh, starting with not putting any misleading information in and that means the the from email address the to email address or the reply to email address so you can't you're not supposed to imitate Wells Fargo or right. Bank of America <laughs> or somebody you can't try to steal their email address and put it in the from line and say, hey, this is from your bank. That is that is a big no-no when it comes to this law. Yep.
1: And what's neat though, and a lot of people don't realize is you can have a different from and reply to, which is Correct. important. So we we often send emails from one address, but if people click reply, it goes to another address. We always believe that the no reply is just a, a cheap way out. So we always want to have a proper reply address, but you can, you can customize that a little bit, but it has to be accurate to actually who you are and not, again, trying to mislead.
0: Correct. And the second point is is very similar. You can't have any deceptive information in your subject line. And that's a very vague gray area. <laughs> yes. But you there are, there are some very clear ways that you can't say something along the lines of again, hey, this is information from your bank or, right. or something like that. You you're not supposed to be able to put something in the subject line that would mislead people into opening it.
1: Yep. Yeah. The
0: third piece, which is a lot more specific, thankfully, is you actually have to tell people where you're located somewhere in the email, right? If you're a business doing business in the United States, you have to put your business address somewhere. It usually ends up in the footer. That's why a lot of the email marketing tools like MailChimp or ActiveCampaign actually require that. You can't send an email from those tools unless you've got your business address in there. And that is explicitly to comply with the CAN-SPAM Act. And that's the good
1: thing about some of those tools too, is they'll force a lot of what's in this law because they're held by it too. They they want to make sure if... Other clients are using their service, that those emails hit the inbox, and if you're mis- misusing it, Google's gonna look poorly on all their stuff. So they're gonna do a good job of guiding you through a lot of these rules.
0: Absolutely, that's that's one of the, the good things here, is a lot of these you're gonna be clearing by default, because if you're using Mailchimp, for example, they are not gonna let you send super spammy emails. They're not gonna let you get away with a lot of these things, right. because they don't wanna be held liable. Absolutely. So after telling people where your business is located, this is another big one that usually ends up in the footer. You have to let people opt out or unsubscribe from your email address or from your email list. And you also have to do that promptly. You can't just put a, a link in there and say, yeah, we'll get to it. We'll stop you sending <laughs> you emails when we feel like it. The law actually says you have to actually remove them from your list within 10 days. And, and typically, you want to get it done a little bit faster than that. Many of these tools will do it for you Immediately, they will right. you know, remove somebody who's requested to unsubscribe, basically instantaneously. But unsubscribing is a huge piece of this law.
1: Yeah, And I've never really understood why there's ever not instantaneous, yeah. other than companies trying to maybe abuse the law a little bit and say, "Well, we
0: can slip out a few more over the next week." Correct. But, Give them yeah. a little wiggle room, but that's that's a big one. You definitely don't want to abuse people by sending them emails they don't want to get. For sure. You have to identify your that are unsolicited as an ad. So that's one of the big things you mentioned. Can spam sounds like you can spam people, which is actually true. Right. Uh, if, If by spam you mean sending emails to people who have not explicitly signed up for it. So you are still able to do that. You're still able to shoot people emails if they haven't asked for them. But if you do that, you're technically supposed to identify it as an ad. Here's where a lot of loopholes come in is, well, what does that mean? How do you right. identify it as an ad? <laughs> and that's where the law falls apart a little bit. So yeah, you're supposed to get done with that. But and again, again a lot of, in a lot of cases, if you're using an email marketing tool, they're going to require you to opt those people in already. So that's, a, again, another one a lot of people maybe listening to this podcast don't have to worry about too much.
1: Yeah, yeah, we don't really do that either. It's just I don't like receiving that. So things that we don't like receiving as consumers, we also don't like to send as marketers because... We understand how it feels on the other end. So, you mentioned unsolicited emails, though. How do you even get lists for that, then, legally?
0: (laughs) Right, right. So, unfortunately, the law does not explicitly say you can't buy email lists. So, people definitely can do that. That's a shady gray area that we really recommend people stay away from. Thankfully, the law says you cannot scrape email addresses. And that means, basically... Going to a website and trying to pull all the data down from somebody else's third-party website without them knowing. If you're trying to do some some method like that, that is illegal. That is an illicit way of... There's There are a lot of tools that you can use to do that thing, but right. that is a big no-no that you're not supposed to do. You can't scrape email addresses. It is, it's
1: a weird conundrum there where... I can buy lists of all the marketing companies in Atlanta and spam and I just can't go and get the emails myself. But correct. I think things will catch up on that at some point too. I, I
0: think so too. And then the final thing is to actually monitor what others are doing on your behalf. You are held liable for if you were, for example, to hire Green Melon as an email marketing company. We can't do all the spammy, shady things that are outlined in this law without you also being held liable, right? So right. if if somebody is managing your email marketing, you are held liable for what they're going to do too. You actually have to be a good, do things in good faith, and make sure that the emails done on your behalf are are legal. Gotcha.
1: Right, so that's some good things that Can Spam does. We hit this a little bit, but it sounds like there's a few other areas where
0: maybe it, it falls short that we would like to see it tightened up a bit more. Precisely. Yeah. Yeah. It's not it's not the most comprehensive coverage as some people would like to have. Because there are too many loopholes, it, it doesn't leaks explicitly uh, ban spam from being sent. You don't have to get permission from somebody to actually email them, which is a big thing. We, you should actually get permission from somebody, right. but that's not enforced. One of the big pieces is it's it's very difficult to enforce this. In 2004, the year after this law, they the government estimated that only about 1% of spam actually complied with the, the act, <laughs> which is obviously far uh, short of what they would like. Uh, and then one of the other problems is as a uh, federal legislation, this actually limits what any of the states can do. So there's a lot of states that would like to actually have harsher rules, but they can't actually put those laws into place because of the federal legislation that's, that's been passed.
1: Interesting. But there's, I think, almost some loopholes with that, too. We'll get into not loopholes, but where states are doing other privacy laws that's come into effect with this. and. I think there are, there are two big ones. There's the GDPR and the CCPA, so getting more acronyms. So Correct. you want to unpack those a little bit.
0: We'll look at those quickly, and I, like you mentioned before, I think this is the direction that we are trending towards yep. uh, because the GDPR is the uh, General Data Protection Regulation Act, and that actually went into effect back in 2018 in the EU, the European Union. So uh, Europe is falls under this umbrella, and it's a lot stricter. There are a lot more things in place than can spam. There's a lot more things saying that, hey, you do have to get permission from people and there's harsher penalties for people who fall in line with that. And so if you are, even if you're a marketing company or or a business here in the United States, if you are actually emailing people in the European Union, you are held liable to those laws. So you have to be a little bit aware uh, of what's going on over there. Uh, And then the other one you mentioned, the CCPA, the California Consumer Privacy Act, uh, that passed in 2020, is is similar to GDPR. It's California's attempt at trying to put some of those regulations in place. But obviously, like I said before, it is limited in what they can do because of the federal CAN-SPAM Act. So it, it's mostly about having to protect uh, consumers' data. Basically, they can say, hey, delete all my data, you you technology companies, and right. a lot of those technology companies have to comply with it. There are uh, you know limitations of that act as well. But again, I think these are kind of markers on the horizon of what is kind of what is to come in the future of email marketing. Yeah, that's
1: what I look at with GDPR particularly, is that's I think where we'll be in some years here in the US. And the thing I really like about GDPR is you mentioned you really have to get explicit permission to email people there. Correct. And you have some of that here where you're supposed to opt in, but companies can slip around by pre check marking boxes and doing things. Yeah. And GDPR says, no, 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 you need to get yeah explicit, Precise consent to do that. Yeah, they make it pretty hard, which is great. One of the
0: again, it's a very detailed act. We're not going to get into a lot of specifications, (laughs) but one of the things is you're actually supposed to. Have on record that person's explicit permission, that, like they right. said, oh no, no, <laughs> they subscribed on this day. This is you have to be able to prove basically that you are allowed to email them, which is a lot harsher and a lot stricter. But again, that's that does benefit the user; it does help them out by not getting a lot of spam emails. Right, and of course,
1: most tools help you do that anyhow. So Correct. it's not like it's a big deal to do. But it's just good that it's forcing people to use tools that do that thing. So, right. All right. So we talked about a lot of legalities, but as we mentioned earlier, there's ethical and there's legal. So that's I <coughs> excuse me. All right, so we've already talked a little bit about how there's ethical versus legal. And we've talked about the legal, staying legal, but really we want to make sure people stay ethical. So what are some things you can do beyond just being legal to to really do email marketing the right way?
0: Right. One of the first thing is uh, take the word blast out of your vocabulary. (laughs) Anytime somebody says, I'm going to send out an email blast, it just makes me cringe a little bit. Because (laughs) think about what that's implying. You're blasting somebody with information. Like that's not a good thing that nobody wants to be blasted. So even just changing that word, uh, replacing it with something like an email campaign or an email send, it's a subtle thing. But I think it helps change your mentality from I'm just going after people and you're a number and all that stuff to actually... Caring about what the user on the other end of this email is going to receive so that's a simple but a a pretty powerful one I love that one obviously we've kind of mentioned this several times before but using a legit email marketing platform like mailchimp or activecampaign those are the two that we prefer and that we use here at green melon but there are dozens and dozens of them out there there's no shortage of them and and most of them are doing a very good job of making sure that you're not only legal and you're you're putting the right things in your email but that you're also trying to also to help people unsubscribe and get permission from them before you send that out. So just having one of those platforms will take care of a lot of these, a lot of these items naturally. Yep. Another thing is to simply check for your email spam. There's likewise several tools out there. The one I prefer is called just email tester.com. If you, Google that, you'll find it. And it's basically, you send a test email uh, to this platform before you send it out, and it will give you a score and suggestions on how to improve your spamminess rating before you send out an email. That's just a good gauge to make sure that you're, you're doing some of the right things.
1: Yeah, and that's huge because, like we said, you can follow all the rules, but if Gmail starts putting it in everyone's spam box, it doesn't matter. So you want to do everything you can to make sure Gmail and Outlook and all those see your emails legit, and this can help you use the
0: right words and... Just makes a little tweaks to help it actually hit those inboxes. Another thing that we've talked about several times before: just don't buy email lists. That that is legal. You you are allowed to do that, but it's really just a, a pretty big marketing no-no. Like we we really tell our clients not to do that. You want to build a good, healthy list by providing ebooks or some downloadable piece to get them to sign up on your website. Encourage them as much as you can, but don't try to take shortcuts by buying an email list. That's that's just not a great. Uh, way to go about doing email and again one of the biggest ways to actually encourage people to sign up is just by sending relevant content that people want to receive like why should somebody actually care about signing (laughs) up for your list like what are you sending them that they're going to actually be interested in if you go through that process, I think that will actually help you build an email list in a good way.
1: Yeah, I think we're seeing a lot of that lately with all the daily emails that are becoming so popular because they are so full of value. Yep. And that's why people, I've signed up for a few too many I think at this point, but they are <laughs> yeah. fantastic emails, a lot of them that I get. And so it's basically that. They send relevant, great content. They probably have some ads mixed in, but they send me things I want to read and so I'm gonna to continue to subscribe. Absolutely.
0: So. Newsletters are either, if it's daily, weekly, monthly, mm-hmm. email newsletters are starting to come back. They're, yep. they're in vogue a little bit more and it's for this reason. Green Melon sends out a monthly email newsletter about digital marketing. So if you want to learn more about this stuff, get links to new podcasts. Like we encourage you to sign up, but yep. we're not going to we're not going to try to scheme you into doing it. Right, that. exactly. Um, and then the last uh, point that I'd like to make is to watch your churn rate. That's a good way to gauge if you're if you actually have a healthy email list. And your churn rate is basically the percentage of your email list who either unsubscribes bounces or marks your email as spam, right? That's the number of people who are falling off of your list because you're doing things that they care about or that they don't wanna get your email. So uh, if you watch that, you usually wanna keep that number obviously as low as possible. If it's two or 3%, that's okay. If it starts getting above that, that might mean you're doing something a little sketchy that you wanna pull back on. So that's a good gauge of how well you're doing when it comes to this list. Awesome,
1: so yes, a lot of good tips in here and again, the, if you choose a good platform, I think they can take care of a lot of it for you. But things like Email Tester might be some new tools you want to try out and just kind of do every little
0: thing you can to help those emails hit the inbox. Absolutely. So. That's definitely the goal. Well, if you have been, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Brighter Web Podcast brought to you by Green Melon, a digital marketing agency. Uh, to help your business keep up with the latest digital marketing trends, check us out at greenmelon.com. You can also find show notes for this episode and more episodes at abrighterweb.com.